Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Um, but on our Instagram tomorrow morning, seven o'clock, we're going to be praying together on the C3 Calgary West Instagram. We'll kick off the prayer and fasting and then Friday night, we'll conclude it at seven o'clock. Are you ready for the word today? The message I'm pumped to be bringing and launching this new series um, today on, which is called Onward and Outward. Onward and Outward. Who wants to move onward from 2021? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who wants to move onward from some of the stuff of last year and into a new year and a new season? I know I do for sure. And it's not like sometimes I was joking at our Christmas Eve service there, just gone away, right? It's a new year. And we get disappointed very quickly. That's not the case. But the new year is such a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone given up on setting goals for years? And we, because we don't know what it's. We love, Brittany and I, every year, um, take time in January to go and set goals as a, as a couple, uh, t- like together, as a, for our family, as pastors of the church, um, as, you know, individuals. We, we take a, a morning, we generally drive out to Canmore, we have one of our favorite coffee shops there, and, uh, and just take a time to journal and set goals. I'm all about setting goals. I think it's a great thing. I think the, the new year is a good chance to do that. It's something we should be doing Throughout the year, though, setting goals onwards, not just from last year. I was joking when I say that, but any time that we have a challenge, a struggle, a season of life, how do we move onward into the next season that God has for us? And I believe the best way to move onward is to actually look outward at what God wants to do through us. So that's the series today. It'll it'll pop up there, onward and outward. Um, Maybe it won't. We're working through some stuff here still, but the series for this month is Onward and Outward, and the message today is a life lived for others is a life well lived. And the, a big way we're going to move on from the traumas that we need to bring outward as individuals are going to bring an amazing word next week. We'll continue to unpack it more and more. Often when we set goals, I've found and again, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's often about ourselves. This year, I'm going to lose weight. This year, I'm going to uh, get better at saving money. This year, I'm going to pray more. This year, I'm going to do this. We should do these. We should have these goals. We should set them. But I want us to consider as we're setting goals, as we're thinking about the year, what are the goals that we have about reaching other people, about serving other people? about loving other people. How are we going to become more outward-focused this year? A life lived for God, I believe, is expressed in how we love and serve others around us. So biblically, loving others is very different to how the world would define love in our current age. The, the world would say to love someone, you have to uh, agree with them 100%. Endorse their actions 100%, agree with them politically or lifestyle-wise, and, and not only kind of just um, be okay with it, but then actually wave the banner and wear that banner. But that's not biblical love. 
That's a worldly version of love. Biblical love is how are you serving, loving, uh, thinking about them. Are you willing to agree with them 100%? Those people. It's easy to see the world that you see them. Are you willing to lay your life in our eyes? Of It's easy to love and serve those who are loveless. But how are we loving people that are the opposite to us? How are we serving others? I, I believe in the New Testament, it's summarized. Uh, loving, is. there's no way, there isn't, in the original language, there isn't a separation between the idea of love and the action. If you love somebody, the assumption is there'll be an action that follows. We kind of separate it in our mind that, well, I love that person. I love God. But the, um, necessarily, the Bible's being written. If you loved someone, there was an action. If you believed in God, there was an action. There was no separation. That's an amazing thing. So I sincerely believe breakthrough in our inner life and moving onwards from last year might be dependent if we'd focus a little less on self and more on others in 2020. Jesus has turned to the scriptures, Mark 12, verse 28. Um, this is a verse. Jesus has uh, been performing miracles, doing amazing things. The religious people are upset with him um, in that day, and they've been trying to trick him and bring questions to him and complicated, complex uh, questions about the law, about the Old Testament. He's been, and it says, and they're trying to trick him, really, them disputing with one another. Up in Mark 12, verse 28, it says, And one of the scribes came and heard them disputing with one another. So all the groups are disputing about Jesus and with Jesus. And, and it says, And seeing that he was answering them well, he asked this, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So here it is in verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of Jesus and with all your most important law. That's it. To love God with all your being. And then he says this. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor. Jesus has summarized the entire um, history of Israel and the laws and, and what God's people are to do. And we today as God's people are to do into two commandments there, two Two sentences. If you've ever wondered what we're meant to do, if you're a follower of Christ, here it is. Love God, love people. It's that simple. Some of us, now some of you guys are going, yeah, it's that simple. Try living it out. I know, I know. But it's Jesus is summarizing what our life is to be. And um, some of us have been started Bible plans this year. I encourage you to be doing that. We're doing, as a church, we're doing the Bible in a year. And uh, we encourage you to be on that plan. You can, there's Bibles available um, to be bought at the back there at cost price if you want one, where every day you just take a reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, the Psalms, and the Proverbs, and um, daily do that reading. And by the end of the year, you've worked through the Bible in a year. And it's an amazing thing. And a couple of us have actually been doing um, a Bible shred this month. And that's where we've been doing the Bible in a month. And it's been intense. But we've just got through some of the laws and the um, different rules and regulations. And there's so many things. Like you can't, you do this on this day and you do this on that day. And it gets wild. And then that's what these guys are talking about. They are living out, there's hundreds and hundreds of laws. But Jesus says, hey, hey, no, summarize it like this. Love others. Love people. That's the greatest. So how do we love others? 
Like I already said, it's, it's not just through our thoughts, it's not just through our um, idea of love, but it's actually through actions. It's summarized in our actions and attitudes towards those, not our agreement with people. We live in quite a self-oriented time, right? Like selfies, I love a good selfie, I'm not criticizing it. That you go to the, um, the, the bookstore, you find the self-help book kind of thing. Is that what it's called, self-help? Yeah, you are all kinds of things like that. There's different, uh, my wife needs a little bit more me time than I do because she's a bit more introverted and extrovert. These are all good things. The problem is when we become self-obsessed, when we become selfish. And the call of God on our life is actually to live a selfless life one that would love others. And often I hear when people have gone through struggles and tough times and myself even go through a thing, we tell ourselves, well, I just need some me time. I just need time to work on myself. This is good. We should work on ourselves. But I think the other side of the coin is that sometimes in inner world and we spend time working on ourselves and dealing with our own things and our inner world and our inward life, we actually only focus on that thing that's causing us issues and pain and trouble, and we actually never get out of the cycle of me time. Have you ever found that? I'm just going to spend some time in my life focusing on this area, so I'll withdraw from my connect group, I'll withdraw from my coming to church as much, I'll withdraw from being with my friends, and I'll just focus on myself and rarely does it actually fix the problem. Now, we need to be doing that. Hear me. Please hear me on that. It's important that we look after ourselves and protect ourselves and other people as well. This isn't a well-processed, thought-out teaching, but um, biblically, you've heard of the Sabbath. That's where we take one day a week where we'd spend time with us and God or our families and God. And I think that's a pretty good template for how much we're meant to focus on self versus how much we're meant to focus outward. One day out of the week or one out of seven is a pretty good percentage of the life that we're meant to live. But I think sometimes these days we think 100% of the time is meant to be doing the inner work, the inside work. And that's how we're going to move on to it in life. That's how we're going to get to the next thing. But the Bible tells us something very different. Matthew 10, verse 39, Jesus is speaking. He says, anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. This is the paradox. There's so much of this in Scripture. But Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to gain your life by your abilities and by your own methods your life means you're actually going to lose it you're not going to have much of a life but if you're willing to lose your life if you're willing to give your life to something greater christ therefore that gets expressed in loving others that's how you're actually going to gain true life now that means for some people in our on our planet very much life and death you're going to choose to follow christ you will lose your life lose our comfort or we might lose our convenience we might have to give ourselves to something um, outside about building our own empire and our own world but the promise of Christ is if we're doing it for his glory if we would lose our life for something greater for him that we would actually gain true life that's how we can step into 2022 finding our purpose our destiny 
It's not looking inwards, it's looking outwards. It's actually laying down our life for something greater. What Jesus is saying is whoever pursues and idolizes and, and worships just living for themselves, building their own kind of thing, um, the only, but in the long term, it's all just going to perish. But those who are willing to give their life for something greater, yes, to Jesus, but the outplaying of that is by loving others and serving and caring and impacting them. That's how we gain true life. So that's what we're looking at this month and today. And I'm just trying to kind of encourage us to begin to think about what it is to live an outward life. May, uh, maybe 2021 was a lot of inward thinking and um, and that's not something to, to feel bad about, but it's a new season, a new time. Maybe God's calling you into becoming an outward focused person. And the plus side of that is the best way to move onward from the year. Whether I've found so often that um, when I'm thinking that things are tough or we're going through trials, and we all go through trials, and, and that's, that's okay, um, but we can start to focus. And, but then in an outward action, in a serving of someone else, you're actually reminded how good you have it and how blessed we are. And I think that goes for all of us despite our circumstances. Maybe, um, you know, on the months where it's hard to pay the bills or something's happened in your relationships or whatever, and you can start to think, God, my life's just so tough. It's so hard. And there's a reality to that. But there's always someone who has it tougher. There's always someone who has what we do have. I find this even when I get to help out at, at Kingdom Coffee. Um, Diane and Harold, amazing Kingdom Coffee reps and people here. If you've ever served with Kingdom Coffee uh, on a Sunday, a Saturday morning, every, every morning, plus so much other stuff there, giving out coffee and hot dogs and just loving on people at the, the drop-in center there. And it's a beautiful experience and it's an amazing thing. And we should never go into something to get something, um, out of it, but I've found any time I've served along them, you go away. I go away very thankful for the things that I have. When you look outward and start to serve other people who might not have as much, I go go away going, oh yeah, maybe I don't have it so bad. Outward expression of others, we're reminded how good we have it and blessed we are. And so sometimes we get so focused on our own stuff that we lose perspective, and in the outward looking, the outward focus, whatever that looks like to you, the serving and loving of other people, you're reminded of what you have. John 12, verse 12, Jesus is a name for them, is hanging out with his guys here. So Jesus and his disciples, they're making a bit of a name for themselves now. They're feeling pretty good um, about things that are going on. The disciples especially are starting to get that little bit of ego of like, yeah, we're kind of we're something special here. And they, and they get together here and they're having... Um, they're just before Passover. The time and day is you would walk on these. They just had the roads. You had sandals on. They didn't have the old Nikes or Adidas's in the day. They just had sandals, and you'd pick up all kinds of dirt and grime things in your sandals. So at dinner time, there'd be a, a servant who would come out and, and wash the feet of the guest in the house. And so that's what's taken place here. And, and is sitting around, feet up, stinky feet and all. And uh, Jesus is. Their rabbi, their leader, their master. He's done so many amazing things, um, but nobody's washing anybody's feet. Nobody's decided to take that position of a servant in this context. So Jesus does it. Jesus grabs a basin of water, them, 
And there's three quick points out of this story after I read it I want to share in how we can become outward looking. But it says in John 12, he's just washed their feet. Uh, so it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asks them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very, very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do. No, just kidding. We're not going to do that. But what we see here is Jesus, who rightfully should not be doing the service, should not be the one who's outwardly looking and expressing it, should not be the one who's having to do that, voluntarily sets an example for his disciples of how we're to live our life. Je Jesus had three things here. He had more, but in this context, he had the position where he shouldn't have been the one doing that. Jesus had the, the power from that. He, he had the power that he was in a powerful position, but he had the power of God that he actually didn't need to be washing the feet, but he did that. And yet he still served the people who couldn't see. And I think these are three areas that we can sometimes, oh, we want to be like Christ, right? That's what we do. We're emulating. We want to follow him. So Jesus had the position of power, but he served. Maybe in your workplace, maybe in your family, maybe in your street or whatever it is, you have a certain socioeconomic position or uh, a part of where you don't have to do certain things anymore because you're in that truly action. But Jesus says all that goes out the window because truly I tell you, no servant is greater than the master nor the messenger than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do that. So it doesn't matter about our needs to take place, what needs to happen here. Jesus had the perspective. You know, I think sometimes we think and we trick ourselves into not being outward looking because we have a perspective that others don't get. Well, well, they don't just get it. They're all caught up in the fear of it. So they don't get it because they don't see what, the way that I see it. Therefore, but Jesus said, no, 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 no. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew his time was limited. He knew that he was going to go to the cross and overcome all these things. Yet he took the time to wash the feet of his disciples. Our perspective doesn't matter in this context. Our revelation doesn't matter. How, how clear you see the future and what's going on in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter if you're not willing to serve and reach out to others. The power of God on us, we all have power in different ways, but it's all meaningless unless we're willing to wash the feet of the world around us, to become outward focused. He chose to wash the feet. What are we choosing this year to serve the world around us, to serve others around us? I know it's hard and kind of moving here of this intro to our month of um, looking at outward looking uh, or moving onward and outward. It can be very hard when we go through a trial, though, to even think about that, right? Like it's so overwhelming. How, how do you expect us, uh, God to serve others and love others when we're going through what we're going through, right? The end of Genesis and amazing. God's been speaking to me through this lately in our Bible shred that we've been doing. Um, 
I think one time this year we'll spend a few weeks actually really preaching on the story of Joseph, but who knows the story of Joseph in, in the Old Testament, Joseph, not Jesus' stepdad or however you want to phrase it in the, um, in the New Testament. Joseph's an amazing story here, and it actually sets up um, God's people of being in the, in the land and being into Egypt and then the whole thing that takes place to slavery and the exodus and the, all the amazing things that happen. But the story of Joseph, when you look into it, is an amazing thing. What you see is Joseph is um, born into a big family and lots of brothers necessarily help him out. But, uh, and what ends up happening to him is his brothers despise him and, and hate him so much that they throw him into a... Um, they, they're going to kill him. They decide they're convinced not to kill him. And they put him in a well for a while. And then they sell him to slavery, thinking that'll fix their problem. He goes on to uh, get sold into a house, become a servant, and rise up to the, the top of that. He's, he's great, great favor, but he's falsely accused by the, the wife of the, of the governor or the master at the time. So he's put in jail. So things aren't going great for him, but he serves and he does great in the jail. It actually says that he became like the, the head of the prisoners and that ends up serving, looking outward, gets taken. So we see Joseph, a very quick summary of his story, went from being a prisoner to a prince. He went from being uh, falsely accused to, to second in, in command to Pharaoh. He, he goes on from being hated by his family to eventually saving his family. And how did this all take place? What are the steps that he took to do this? He was outward looking. He used his gift for others, even though he had an excuse to be selfish. Sometimes I think when we're going through our, a circumstance or had something happen to us, we can go, well, well, I'm done with it then. This happened to me, so I'm not going to look outward. I'm not going to say to me, so a natural worldly thing to become a victim. Well, I, my brothers hated me, so I'm going to hate them back. They sold me into slavery, so I'm just going to I'm just going to survive here. I'm not going to get out of this place. I'm not going to look outward. I'm just going to be inward. And I was doing the right thing, and then they accused me of that crazy stuff, and I got locked up. Well, I'm done with the world. I'm a victim, and and I'm not going to look outward. But actually, we see that the, every season where he moves onward from something is because he did an outward action towards other people. Looking outward doesn't mean Every season that he went from, and he had ups and downs. See, looking outward doesn't mean everything's going to go great for us. But every time that he needed to wait on the door, move onwards from the action of using his gifts to bless other people. And so we need to hear today that maybe we're trapped in a prison. Maybe we feel like we're in slavery of some kind. We're going through a circumstance. Maybe we had nothing to do with it. It happened to us. But I believe the doorway out is an outward action of loving and serving others. I believe the breakthrough is, God, what are you calling me to do? Are you calling me to be selfish in life? Or are you calling to me to be selfless in this circumstance? And as we see in the life of Joseph, as we see in the life of Jesus, an outward life is one that moves onward from yesterday. You had a bad year last year. I believe a way to move forward is to start living an onward, sorry, self, uh, but maybe it's to join a connect group this year and start to actually bring some of your problems and trials to that group and say, hey, I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm going to join a group of people. Maybe it's find a group of friends on your street that you're going to start reaching out and, and looking outwards to. Uh, maybe it's putting your hand up and saying you're going to join a community group, a volunteer group, or maybe even here in church. Maybe it's saying um, this year I, times are tough. It's been tough 
to even get to church on a Sunday, but this is the year where I'm going to join a team. I'm going to serve on the setup and pack down team one, one week a month, or I'm going to join the worship team. I, I've got a musical ability. I've got a gift. Things. Maybe that's ex-savvy. I'm minded, and, and it's a time for me. Maybe it's to um, not give your spouse half-hearted attention when you get home and actually put the phone down and have a conversation and look outward rather than this is me time, but maybe it's like this is time for my spouse. Maybe it's look outward in the sense that you've been wronged by your family, you've been treated badly by your family, you disagree with your family, but you're going to serve them this year. I don't know what it is for you. I just think that as individuals and as a church community, God's calling us to be outward focused this year. And in that outward focus, I believe it will move us onward from 2021. We can put that aside. We can step into a greater future because we're an outward focused people. To begin to think about, it's a simple encouragement today, but I want us to begin to think about, to pray about, how can we make 2022 outward focused? And realize that in that outward focusedness, in that outward looking, in that loving and reaching out to others and being willing to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in whatever context you find yourself, in your workplace, in your school, in your family, in this church, many of the inner pains and hurts that you're struggling with will be, will be healed because you've become an outward-focused person. So let's continue to do the inner and the outward because we do that out of fear of actually seeing what's going on inside us. I know I've been in seasons of my life where um, I've had some pain and I've had some things inside and the way that I've neglected having to deal with that or for God to deal with that is I've kept myself very, very busy in serving other people. Look at me, I crap in my own life. Other people when in reality I was just running from having to deal with some of the crap in my own life that God wanted me to deal with. So I'm not saying that extreme. But I think we're not meant to be a self-obsessed uh, person. A very simple question is, was, was Jesus self-obsessed? No. Then are His followers meant to be self-obsessed? No, we're actually meant to be reaching out to the world around us. Onward and outward, a life lived for others is a life well lived to a, a greater level of looking outward this year. A question that uh, one of my old mentors or pastors um, once, put once put forward to us is, at, at the end of your life, what would you want written on your gravestone about you? What would you want to be remembered for? That's a challenging question. It's a little bit morbid, so don't get morbid on me. But what actually do you want to be remembered for in life? I don't want to be remembered for what I was against. I, I want to be remembered what I'm for, for Jesus, for Jesus that I attracted people. I, I want to be remembered as a, a, a good father and a, a good husband to my family. What do you want to be remembered for at the end of your life? Or, or if you had to look back onto now, if, if something was to happen and, and they wrote like a, an obituary about you or something on your gravestone, what, what would it say? Would it say that you're a self-obsessed or man, that person loved the people around them? I believe that's the people we're meant to be. And I believe we can do it. We can step, even in a time of great turmoil, when we're outward focused, I believe God still performs miracles, still changes life, still breaks chains in the world around us. And it might be as simple as setting up a chair. It might be as simple as that you love them. But a life lived for God is expressed in how we love other people around us.
So let's close the service today with a chorus of the song. Let's stand. I'll pray over us. And we'll sing this chorus a few times. But maybe God during this message uh, or during just these thoughts as we're starting to get thinking has revealed something in you that maybe you're thinking, yeah, I have been a little bit obsessed with that verse to pray for. I've been a little bit focused on building my own thing. And I just want to take a moment for us to pray and have the eyes to see what God would see us. There isn't condemnation in this place, but if the Holy Spirit convicts us, we want to follow that. I know this week He convicted me about some areas that I need to start looking outward in rather than inward. So let's just pray. Ask Lord here today, bringing one, we found ourselves here today, regardless of uh, what's been going on in 2021, you're calling all of us to be a outward looking people. Lord, your commands, your greatest commands, Jesus, you summarize is to love you with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind. So we commit to doing that today. But Lord, Lord, I thank you because it was to love others. So Lord, we pray that we would be known for loving others in this city, Lord. I thank you, God, for people here who are generous. Man, time after time, you've shown in this community generosity in time, in, in, in finances, in sacrifices, in setting up all these things. And I help, I pray you help give us a God revelation of what it is to serve others. I pray for healing, Father. Holy Spirit, I pray for a revealing of the cause, Lord. And I pray that you would help them in the outward expression of serving and loving others. That area would be healed in the mighty name of Jesus that can move onwards from whatever's taken place as we look outward. And we just dedicate it to you. We want to follow you, Lord, in all that you do. Your example of serving others, Lord, we want to serve others too. So show us how we can do that. Teach us how to do that. And, and I know, Lord God, that 2022 is going to be a great year as we begin outward looking, continuing to step into it. So we love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for, you, for your people gathered today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.